It's so good to be here today to worship the Lord and celebrate these public testimonies of faith in Christ through baptism. Most of us are familiar with the story of Noah in the ark, but far from being a fable, a myth, or some kind of a fairy tale, Noah's ark is about a real person who built a real boat who survived a real global flood. Peter points to God's preservation of Noah and his family in the ark as a picture of our salvation in Jesus Christ. Those baptized today have testified to that truth. But we want you to know that it's true, not because they said so, but because God says so. And that's why we read that passage to you just a moment ago. The Bible teaches that God saves from wrath those who trust in Christ. God saves from His righteous wrath against sin all who trust in Jesus Christ. And the historical account of the flood illustrates this. God tells Noah that He's going to wipe out the world because of humanity's pervasive wickedness. The first sin in the Bible is recorded in Genesis chapter 3 as Adam and Eve disobey God in the Garden of Eden. In the very next chapter, chapter 4, their son Cain murders his own brother Abel. And by the time we get to chapter 6, a sin has become so rampant, it's like a fast-spreading cancer. It's like a forest fire that is out of control. It has pervaded everybody, everywhere. One author writes, by the time we get to Genesis 6, human wickedness has reached its fever pitch and God's heart has reached breaking point. Genesis 6, 5-7. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth and that every inclination of the heart of the human heart was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that He had made human beings on the earth and His heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created, and with them the animals, the birds, and the creatures that move along the ground, for I regret that I have made them. What a sad and tragic state of affairs. But then there is this delightful, pivotal turn in the very next verse. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. That part of the text begins with the statement that Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. That word favor is the Greek or is the Hebrew word hen, which can also be translated grace. And so that leaves us basically with two interpretive views of these verses we just read. Either Noah was righteous and blameless in his own strength, and that attracted God's attention and uh, therefore earned Noah's salvation from God, or Noah was given grace on God's initiative. And as a result of God's grace, apart from anything that Noah had done prior to that, Noah became a righteous and blameless man. 
The overwhelming testimony of Scripture supports the latter interpretation. That Noah's righteousness, his blamelessness, was not the means by which he attained God's grace, but it was in fact the result of God's grace. The writer of Hebrews, reflecting on Noah's experience, states in Hebrews eleven seven, By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this he condemned the world and became, became an heir of righteousness, of the righteousness that comes by faith. Do you see the emphasis of faith in this testimony regarding Noah? The writer of Hebrews, in stating this testimony on Noah, punctuates his testimony by beginning with the words, by faith, and ending with the words, by faith. He wants us to know that Noah received this righteousness by faith, apart from anything that he had done. The words, by faith, punctuate this testimony. Noah is righteous not because of what he does, but because of who he trusts. In the previous verse, Hebrews eleven six, the point is made emphatically that without faith it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, that he exists, as revealed through Scripture. He who comes to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. And then it goes on to tell us about Noah. By faith, here's what Noah did. And he received righteousness by faith. Many people say they trust in God. In God we trust is still the official motto of the United States. It appears on all our coin and paper currency. And yet most Americans, like the vast majority of people in other nations, do not really trust in God. Not God as He has revealed Himself to be through Scripture, because if they did trust God, their lives would be radically changed. Like the lives of the people who bore witness to God's truth today through baptism. The Bible sets before us three proofs that Noah's faith was for real. And they are the same distinguishing marks of genuine faith in God today. Let me go over them with you briefly. Number one, he responded to God's word. He responded to God's word. Look again at the first half of Hebrews eleven seven. By faith, Noah being warned by God concerning the events yet unseen, in reverent fear constructed an ark for the saving of his household. Here the, the author is summing up in a single sentence the, the larger record that is recorded in Genesis chapter 6 through 9. Listen to this, this truncated um, repeating of Genesis chapter 6. God said to Noah, I am going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood. Put rooms in it. And, and he goes on to give Noah other instructions. And then God says, this is how you are to build it. And God gives Noah specific instructions regarding the size and the dimensions and, and what this ark is to be built like. 
He says, you are to bring into the ark two of all living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive with you. You are to take every kind of food that is to be eaten and store it away as food for you and for them. And then we read, Noah did everything just as God commanded him. Scripture says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Even though Noah had never seen a flood before in his life, most likely he had never seen rain before, he believed God. He took God at his word, even though he didn't see what was coming, and he acted on that word. Hebrews eleven seven says that Noah built the ark out of reverent fear. That is to say, Noah took God's warning very seriously. He responded to God's word with tremendous respect and awe, knowing who it was that was revealing this to him. And he did what God said. He did exactly what God told him to do in order to save him and his family from the destruction that was coming. Years ago before the Super Bowl, I, I really wanted to use the Buffalo Bills for an illustration today in the Super Bowl, but... They're not going to be in the Super Bowl. You might have heard that. But years ago, before the Super Bowl, when a sportscaster asked a player what he thought of his team's chances of of winning the championship game, the player responded, we believe that if we do exactly what the coach says, we will win. Now, whether or not they did what the coach said is immaterial because I'm simply using the illustration to point out the fact that the players really believed that if they did what the coach said, they would win the Super Bowl. And it's that kind of mentality, that kind of belief, that kind of confidence that believers have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Only we realize that the matter of our eternal salvation is far more important than the Super Bowl. You watch some Americans and other people, sometimes they may cause you to wonder whether that's the case. Because we are so fixated on what Bobby called the distractions of this world. And the devil uses those things to distract us, to dissuade us from the things that matter most in life. The things that count for all eternity. And we realize that Jesus is not some sort of life coach. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. And He is the only means by which we can be saved. And that's why we do exactly what He tells us to do. In fact, when the Apostle Peter preached to the crowd in Jerusalem during Pentecost, just weeks after Jesus had died on the cross, risen from the grave, and ascended back to the Father, Peter warned them of God's coming judgment upon their sin. And they cried out in response to this warning, What shall we do? What shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he he testified and he strongly urged them, saying, Be saved from this corrupt generation. So those who received his word were baptized. And there were added that day 
to the church, to God's people, 3,000 souls. Just like Noah responded to God's word by believing it and obeying it, so did the people who received God's word from Peter at Pentecost. They repented of their sin. They trusted in Jesus Christ alone to save them, believing he died and rose for them. And then, out of obedience to Christ, to show their confidence in Christ, to show that they were unashamed of Christ, they went public with their faith. And going public with your faith is what baptism is all about. I love when our sister Linda said, because of what Christ has done for her, she said, I proudly and publicly pledge my commitment to Jesus Christ. Proudly and publicly. Not because we're proud of ourselves, because we boast only in Christ, our Savior. And we are unashamed. I wonder if you have responded to God's word this way. Do you take God's warning of coming judgment on sin for real? Do you show that you believe it by responding to God's word and trusting Christ as your Savior to save you from your sin? And have you showed that you're serious about this by being baptized as a public testimony of your faith in Jesus Christ? Jesus said, if you love me, you'll do what I say. You'll obey my commands. On another occasion, Jesus said to those around him, he said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, but don't do the things that I say? That'd be like players saying, coach, coach, but never listening to what he tells them to do. Noah responded to God's word, and that's the first mark of genuine faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Number two, he rebuked the world. Hebrews 11, 7 says that by building the ark, Noah condemned the world. That is to say, his obedience to God was a visible witness of everybody else's disobedience. The fact that they disregarded God's message. And they all perished in the flood as a result. In 2 Peter 2, 5, the apostle refers to Noah as a preacher of righteousness. That is to say that Noah rebuked the world not only by what he did in constructing the ark, but also by what he said. He preached to that generation. He warned them of God's coming judgment. The whole time he was building the ark. One pastor, John MacArthur, says, the preaching was probably more difficult than the building. Hard jobs are always easier to deal with than hard people. End quote. But Noah didn't want these people to perish. And so in addition to constructing the ark for the salvation of himself and his own family to be saved from the coming judgment, he preached to the generation around him not to neglect God's warning, but to utilize the means by which God would save those who trusted him. And what can we say about God's patience? God had Noah build and preach for 120 years. Warning people of judgment. Calling people to repentance. Earlier we read from 1 Peter 3 where 
Peter points back to, quote, when God's patience waited in the days of Noah when the ark was being prepared, end quote. Those are Peter's words. He points us to God's patience in the days of Noah when the ark was being prepared. 120 years. God is far more patient than any of us are. And yet God's patience has its limits. And the reason is this. Because God is holy, He will not let sin go unpunished. So eventually, people must pay the penalty for their sins if they do not trust in the one who bore the penalty of all who would believe in Him, Jesus Christ. Scripture says there is no other name under heaven given among us by which we must be saved. Jesus Himself testified, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Me. So those who refuse to turn from their sin and trust in Christ will receive the eternal punishment that they deserve. Because Christ alone is the ark of salvation. By trusting in Christ, you get into the boat, so to speak. By being baptized as a public testimony of your faith, you you are before the presence of all, committing yourself to Jesus Christ. You, you are showing that you belong to Him and His people, and by doing so, you are marking yourself off from the world. One of those getting baptized today, might have been a couple of them, testified to the Scripture in 2 Corinthians 5.17 that says, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. The other day, my son Elijah sent me a quote by John Newton, the author of the hymn Amazing Grace, who prior to coming to know Christ as his Savior was a slave trader. But he believed those words that we sang earlier, the vilest offender who truly believes that moment from Jesus a pardon receives. And John Newton said, and I quote, I am not what I ought to be, I am not what I want to be. I am not what I hope to be in another word, world. But still, I am not what I once used to be. And by the grace of God, I am what I am. End quote. And that's the testimony of every true believer. By God's grace, a true believer responds to God's word, thereby rebuking the world. And thirdly, he receives God's righteousness. That's what Noah did, and that's the third mark of distinguishing, uh, or the third mark of genuine faith. He received God's righteousness. Hebrews eleven seven once again. By faith Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. So this righteousness is not earned. It is received by faith. It is simply taking God at His word and receiving the gift that God offers. And that's what makes the gospel 
good news. And that's why Paul wrote in Romans 1, 16 and 17, I am not ashamed of the gospel, the good news, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew and then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, in this good news, the righteousness of God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Likewise, Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made him who had no sin to become sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is known as the great exchange. God credits Jesus with all my sin, though he had never sinned. And by faith, God credits me with Jesus' righteousness, though I have not been righteous, but have sinned. For the one who believes in Jesus, he switches spiritual accounts. He takes on my sin, I take on his righteousness. That sounds like a pretty good deal. And it's a gift. It can't be earned. In fact, to attempt to earn such a gift is to essentially slap God in the face. It is to cheapen the gift of his son and the sacrifice that he made for all who believe. This is God's gift. And that's why the ark is such a beautiful picture of our salvation in Christ. Christopher Walken wrote, quote, Noah is saved not because he flees from God's anger, but because in the midst of that anger, he trusts God's word. It is God who saves Noah from God. In the midst of the torrent of his own raging justice, God places a floating ship of mercy. End quote. Have you come aboard God's ship of mercy through faith in Christ? The good news that we proclaim to you today is embedded in Genesis 6-8. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And by His grace, so can we. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for these marvelous baptisms we have heard, uh, these testimonies we've heard today, the baptisms we've witnessed. We thank you for the beautiful songs that testify of your saving grace in Christ. We thank you for the assurance we receive from your word, at the very heart of which is good news for sinners like us. Help us, Lord, like Noah, to have real faith, to really trust in you, by responding to your word, by rebuking the world as we take our stand with Jesus, and by receiving your gift, the gift of your righteousness by faith. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.